0: Experts say the murder hornet is a big, harmless puss, and the threat is all hype, so it's basically Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk, and now here is Mike Jansen.
1: And welcome to this 508th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you, and we call this, no, not yet have we called it Mike's Mixon. Um, we got a... Uh, guy from Edmonton, thank you very much for your suggestion. But for right now, we're still pretty happy with Freeform Friday. Uh, but we're going to get into that in a minute. But before we do, I just needed to ask one thing I didn't get to in the regular shows. And I'm going to ask Chris for his for his thought on this. Who will you be cheering for during the May 24th golf match in Jupiter, Florida? Happens to be Tiger Woods' home course. But who are you going to be chewing, cheering for? Maybe chewing out too. When Tiger Woods and
0: Peyton Manning take on Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, well, of of course Tiger and Peyton. Damn right. Of course, let's be honest; it's pretty clear how they came up with those teams. That Brady is much more villainous and hated than Peyton Manning. And as much as Tiger is hated in some circles, there's just a lot of people who don't like like turkey tits there, right? So Phil just rubs a lot of people the wrong way, you know. And you know, I never, I was. I was just kind of whatever about him. And then a couple of years ago, I think I was watching, he did a V log, a vlog, whatever you want to call it, where he's driving in his car to the masters, I think, and filming. And he just in person, one-on-one with the cat. He just seemed like a weirdo. I was just like, Oh, I got kind of a weird vibe through the computer from him. I'm like, I don't know. Well, and Mickelson always is kind of, he's a different, lit- he's a different cat. He's a different cat. Exactly. He's
1: a different cat. There's no question about it. And then he's had problems with, um, uh, in some of his investments and where he's getting his insider trading from. And so, yeah, it's it's safe to say that Turkey Tits is a different kind of cat, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. And remember, when they played in Vegas, remember uh, Phil versus Tiger a couple of years ago, Phil actually won, took home the $9 bucks. So
0: Tiger owes him one, and it's on Tiger's home course, so watch out. Yeah, that should be tough. Yeah, I, I think they want the good guys to win. This Is, is, this Peyton, feels like is
1: Peyton a pretty good golfer? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know, but I did want to say, too, you brought up uh, Jeff Relling in Edmonton. He had some feedback for the show. He said, "It's my new afternoon tradition. On nice days, I sit on my balcony, drink some beers, and listen to Unscripted." And well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's. If you're right ever in my...
1: Calgary, look me up, and we'll bring Chris over, and we'll drink martinis on my back deck. How's that?
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, he says, "I really appreciate how prolific you guys are." And he said something else here. Oh, uh, my favorite thing is the opening lines that are always you guys having fun. And that always sets a great tone for the show. So thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jeff. I truly appreciate that. It means a lot. And I appreciate your patronage to Chris and I. And uh, again, if you're ever in Calgary, let us know. We may get together for a drink. Um, I'd like that. Um, We've got to get to Freeform Friday. Chris is right now as we speak onto our Twitter account to find out what people are speaking about. And uh, once he finds something that's interesting to him, we talk about it, bandy it about, move on to the next topic. As I've said now probably 500 times or close to it, it's been a great way to end the week of another good week of shows. And having said all that, I hand the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted, my friend, Mr. Fluke.
0: Thanks, Mike. Okay, Larry the Cable Guy at Get Her Done Larry. Get her done. <clears throat> says, I really don't understand why Las Vegas had to be closed. I mean, if you didn't contract anything when it was open, you're good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, listen, I got to tell you, I got a little update for you from Las Vegas. The casinos are still not open. Carolyn Goodman is having a hell of a time. Carolyn Goodman is getting heat from the casino owners obviously but the mayor of nevada is being a little bit more conservative about opening up the casinos so poor uh, carolyn goodman the mayor of las vegas is just having a hell of a time but as we speak here on saturday the 16th of may the casinos in the world's most exciting city all 76 area las vegas casinos are still
0: dark yeah, I've heard it I heard it might open soon in some fashion, so we'll see. We, what they what I
1: sorry, but what they are talking about, what I heard yesterday talking to Las Vegas um is that they're going to every other seat
0: you know in front of a machine and that kind of
1: stuff and they're going to try to I still don't know. Have you heard how they're going to handle the table games?
0: No, like I mean like playing blackjack or something or yeah, touching how do you cards, do that? like yeah. I don't yeah, it doesn't make sense, I don't know, but they're issue. Know.
1: They're probably going to issue gloves and masks when like you walk yes, in. Maybe, I don't know. I bet that's what's going to happen. Maybe I bet that, you.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Jose Canseco at Jose Canseco. I am going to teach dream control seminars. After you get your master's in dream control, you'll be able to enter a facility where you'll be put in a coma and in an induced dream state for whatever time you choose and be able to do whatever you want with no restrictions whatsoever. He's talking about something called lucid dreaming, where you are actually laying there dreaming but you're able to control your dreams. And sometimes it happens accidentally to people. They can control your flying and stuff. And it's something that you're supposed to be able to teach and direct and be able to do. It actually, lucid dreaming is a legitimate thing, apparently. Sure. But uh, at the, if I made a list of all 7 billion people on earth who might teach me such a thing, Jose Canseco wouldn't be, he'd be near the bottom.
1: Right, exactly. Hey, listen, I have no ill will. You know, um, I am, obviously, uh, I am not a fan of the guys that shot things in their ass during the steroid era, and the leader in the in the pack obviously is is Chris's personal friend Rafael Palmero, that can sit there and lie to Congress. I have no issue with Jose Canseco. I have read Jose Canseco's book called Juiced. Um, he comes out and makes no apologies for what he did, and that's why I respect him. You know, instead of sitting there and being like that moron douchebag, Rafael Palmero and sit there, as Chris will tell you, and lie with the finger-pointing and the eyes and all the other shit and lie right to the U.S. Congress. Canseco took his medicine, literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively took his medicine, but you know what? He made no apologies, and for that reason, he'll never get in the Hall of Fame, but I respect him. I respect him because he made a mistake, manned manned up for it, and is trying to move on with his life. And the rest of the guys, including McGuire, Clemens, bonds and the rest of them are all living in the in the past and they're trying to live on their past laurels and it'll be interesting to see if any of those yahoos ever get in the hall of fame but if i had a hall of fame and hall of fame vote none of them would get that vote nor as now in my opinion would a jose altuve or an alec Bregman or whoever on the houston cheating astros i would never vote for any of those guys either they all cheated whether they shot things up their ass or not they all cheated. And if I had a Hall of Fame vote, and I know three people that do, I wouldn't have any of those names on that list.
0: Yeah. And in fairness, Jose Canseco's probably just like that because of that ball he took off the head that turned into a home run bouncing off of him. That's probably where it all started. Anyway, uh, you've probably heard about the murder hornets. They call them like these. No, you haven't heard about them? No, it? I haven't heard about that. So there's this invasive species. They're called murder hornets and they're terrifying looking. They have like big orange heads and. And black eyes, and they kill honeybees, and they're terrifying, and they're they're called murder hornets. They're really, yeah, they're insane. They're in like Washington State and that. Oh, so, great. so barstool sports at barstool sports said experts say the murder hornet is a big harmless puss, and the threat is all hype. And so Jimmy's famous seafood at Jimmy's famous seafood says so. It's basically Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> so you can talk on that if you want.
1: (laughs) Listen, I think there's one thing that we've all learned during this COVID-19 thing is that anything is possible in regard to this super hornet may come back and literally bite us in the ass and who knows what's going to happen, so don't just shrug it off as something that is not a threat to us. I think anything that is out there is a threat to us in this day and age. And, I, you know, again, I don't want to sit here and be the leader of the doom and gloom brigade. But the fact of the matter is, folks, if you've got a killer hornet out there that's doing this kind of damage, it could get into a human and who knows what's happening. So, again, I think the one thing that we've learned through COVID-19 pandemic is that anything and anything, if not treated with proper respect and not given the respect that it potentially needs it could come in and affect us some in some way shape or form down the road for sure mm-hmm. hey who knows the cost of honey may go through the roof if they're killing off all the honey bees. Yeah, no kidding. you know i had an uncle stuart i gotta tell you this i had an uncle stuart in wisconsin lit- literally his name is uncle stuart uncle stuart vorpagel my aunt pam and he was a bee inspector and then he also on the side was a, a honey producer and uh, I can't imagine how many times Uncle Stuart was bit by bees over the years. Still survives, still going strong at 81 years old, 82 years old. But I know a little bit about bees. And uh, again, uh, let's not just, you know, slough it under the, uh, under the rug and say these guys couldn't potentially be a problem in the future. Because we all know, again, not to sound repetitive, as I always say, but if we don't treat it with proper respect, it literally, figuratively, and all pun intended, could bite us in the ass. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I know you don't normally like this guy, but I like what he did here. So, after filing for a divorce, Kristen Cavallari wanted Jake Cutler to give her $5 million so she could buy a new mansion. In response, the former Bears quarterback froze all of his bank accounts so she couldn't access the money and told her to get a job.
1: Hey, listen, I don't give
0: a damn... About Jay Cutler
1: and anybody that puts up with his dumb, sorry, stupid ass for ten years should get whatever she feels coming. So I have, you know, I know Kristen Cavallari as one of those. Uh, what do you call it? I have no idea who she No, is. but I know, but she's like, she she's a wannabe Kardashian. So what do we what do we what do we call them? Um, uh, reality stars. Is that what they're uh, called? I,
0: oh, yeah. That's the only reason I know how to pronounce her name. That's the one thing I know about her, that she had a show called Very Cavallari. Correct. And I, I appreciate that because I want to say Cavallari Kevlar, when I see it. So I just know that it rhymes with very. I don't right. know what... I assume it was like a Kardashian reality exactly. show or something. Exactly. That I don't know. And,
1: and so, uh, again, I don't take much stock in what comes out of her mouth. But anybody that bears children with that idiot Jay Cutler and lives with him for 10 years, that woman deserves whatever
0: she needs, in my opinion. <laughs> That's, fun. That's an interesting take on that. All right, Jeff Ross at Real Jeffrey Ross. I just drove from LA to Vegas in 29 minutes. He's just, he's just kidding. <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay, because listen,
1: um, I have driven... Now, it's a five-hour, depending on when you go, okay? If you don't have traffic getting out of or coming into LA, you can make it in three. I've done it in two and a half, but I was going like 150
0: miles an hour. I did it with construction. It was seven hours. Yeah. And again, That's I've how. done it where we had a, a, uh,
1: we took the kids from Vegas on one of our trips. Uh, we went from, um, Vegas to Anaheim to take the kids to Disney world when they were little, right. Went over. It was four hours, but coming back, there was a semi rollover on the. I think it was the four Oh five and it took us 12 hours to get back to Vegas. Um, it, we left the park in Anaheim at three o'clock in the afternoon and we got into Vegas at 3:30 the following morning. It took us 12 hours to get home because of one rollover and you have a rollover You've been to L.A., you have a rollover on those five lanes oh. of L.A. freeways.
0: You might as well stop the car and get something to drink because you're going to be there a while. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I've driven on the freeway in L.A. a few times, and it's, yeah, it gets back to busy. I, I remember I always tell people I was there on a Sunday night driving around on a Sunday night at 9.30 p.m., and it was gridlock.
1: One time I got in trouble. I won't tell you why, but I got pulled over by a CHP at 4.14. I remember the time. 4:14 in the morning in Los Angeles. Packed. Freeway was packed. And uh I got pulled over. I'm not going to tell you for what, but I got pulled over and um I talked my way out of it, but um yeah, 4:14 in the morning I get pulled over and all five lanes of the San Diego freeway are full at 4 in the morning.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. Okay, I don't know how you say this guy's name—if it's Bob Wajnowski or Bob Wojnowski or what it is—but that's also his Twitter handle. And he said, and I, I actually agree. I thought about this, and I thought it would be an exaggeration, but I, I think he actually might be right. So he says, "I say this with all due respect. Detroit is the only place in NFL America where you can predict the local team to go seven and nine and get accused of being a homer and overly optimistic. <laughs> Honestly, no other place."
1: I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but he's a thousand percent correct. I bet if Sean Nichols was sitting here, begrudgingly, he'd have to agree with us. Uh If you bet the Detroit Lions to finish with a season record of seven and nine, you're going to win a lot more than you're going to lose. And if you had... If you took if you bet the number at, at if you bet the number to be seven and nine on their season record, you'd probably also do well with going the under a lot of those years. This has just been a sad sack organization for so long, and I just can't figure it out. They've got the facilities, they've got the ownership, they've got the money, they've got the facilities. What the hell's going on? I just I've been I've been I've been on this earth for fifty five years. And in my 55 years of life, I can remember the Detroit Lions being good one time. And that was in the 19... I was living in Texas. They were playing the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. And they kicked the crap out of the... This was in the late 80s. And that's the only time I can remember the Detroit Lions being very good. Now, I have told the story before. In 1993, the first year of Reggie White in Green Bay, where they played the Lions... In a wild card game at Lambeau Field and held Barry Sanders to minus one yard rushing, but the best that I can remember the Detroit Lions being was in the late eighties, and they had a quarterback by the name of Eric Hipple. How many Super Bowl championships are you going to win with a quarterback named Eric Hipple? And unfortunately, he was the best of a lot of crappy quarterbacks. And again, I don't know what the problem is in Detroit, but I'll give you a pretty good idea. You've got to start with a quarterback. You have no chance of winning a championship without a quarterback. Now they have a quarterback. Now they just don't have enough pieces surrounding Matthew Stafford to help him bring home a championship, but, uh, you don't have a quarterback. I mean, when Detroit won, their one, their uh, one and only NFL championship to my recollection the last time, which was 1954, they had an alcoholic by the name of Bobby Lane was their quarterback. He was awesome. 65 years ago let's move on
0: all right the last one i really had that i wanted to talk about i thought it was interesting was some of the people that were victorious at ufc 249 claimed that what helped them win was the fact that it was so silent in the arena and they could hear daniel cormier's analysis yes i heard that too and then they were making it not just like you know the coaches whether there's crowds or not the coaches are always yelling do this do this which i always think is funny because the other guy can hear it too right but you know they're always yelling instructions but to not only hear your corner yelling instructions to you but to hear daniel cormier the current you know heavyweight or the, the last heavyweight champion before he lost it One of the greatest of all time right? for him to, and very smart for him to be analyzing and you're taking his advice. I just thought that was brilliant.
1: No. And I had heard that very same thing. And uh, I think that's a great tribute to one of the great representatives of the UFC all time in Mr. Daniel Cormier. But yes, I had heard that, that they were hearing his analysis on the broadcast of UFC 249 and they were taking his tips right there during their matches. I think that's a great tribute to, again, one of the great representatives of all time of the UFC for damn sure.
0: Yeah, and also I wanted to say two sort of minor breaking news because DeAndre Baker had already surrendered and Quinton Dunbar was trying to consider if he should surrender or not and he has surrendered to police now. So I guess that's the last we'll see of them.
1: Real quick before we get out of here, there's one thing that I wanted to get to in our regular programming this week that I just didn't get to, but we've got a couple extra minutes here before my voice goes totally bonkers. Um this is a question. Are you missing live professional sports enough yet during this COVID-19 pandemic that you would watch the Korean baseball organization on ESPN 6 nights a week? No. <laughs> and this is another thing. All right, I'll finish with this, I promise. On the subject of the KBO. In a lead up to a game in the KBO recently a reporter wondered what Mike Trout's overall numbers would be in the KBO. And my answer to that is a resounding, who the hell cares? The most important number to the best player in the major leagues right now, 427 million over the next 12 seasons, if I remember correctly. I don't think it's, I don't think it's right for reporters to match different sporting leagues, even though it's in the same sport. I don't think it's right. How can you compare... Mike Trout's unbelievable numbers at major, at the Major League Baseball level against Major League pitchers. Mike Trout would probably, he doesn't have to, but I would think Mike Trout would probably bat 435 in the KBO with a zillion home runs and two zillion runs batted in. I just think he's that good. And I think that's disrespectful to the KBO for them to real, or to try to figure out what Mike Trout's numbers would be in the KBO because two things. A, it'll never happen. And B, it's a different sort of competition. It's, it's quality of competition. It's watered down. No disrespect to the KBO. They're playing. Good for them. But you cannot compare the best player active, in my opinion, in Major League Baseball to what he would do in another organization in regard to the game of baseball. I think that's disrespectful to Mike Trout, and I truly think it's disrespectful to the Korean baseball organization.
0: Coming up with that, whoever came up with that question, all they're doing is just trying to be feel all superior right. and, and just try to belittle... Another country who their specialty is maybe not baseball as much as the U.S. is, and that's just a ridiculous asshole thing to say, and just a desperate excuse to make yourself feel better because. You're an American, and as opposed to them, whoever this guy was. I'm assuming he was American. Yeah, he Who is. came up he with is. this. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. And so that's a ridiculous thing to say. And plus, I mean, I bet that guy couldn't tell you how good the KBO is. And really, like, does he know, is it on par with Japan? Is it on par with AAA, A, AA, single A? I don't know. I don't know. Can he... T- I bet he can't tell me. No. I bet he doesn't know.
1: I bet he's never watched a game. Right. Yeah,
0: I bet he doesn't know a thing. He's, it's just a desperate excuse to... He's the type of guy that you know, things that the NFL should be in the Olympics and like, oh, like, haha like, other team you, all the other stupid countries suck at American football. It's like, yes, but they'll kick your ass at cricket, idiot. <laughs> right? So what a jackass.
1: We've got to run on this 508th episode of Unscripted. Another great way to end another good week of shows here on Unscripted. Look forward to it again next week. We're going to put our list together. Don't know what episode yet, but we're going to put a list together of our top 10 jerseys sports jerseys all time can be from whatever sport Chris or I it's this the physical jersey I'm looking forward to it I think Chris's is going to be much more imaginative than mine but I will say this I'll give you a little teaser here mine will not include any replicas of the Green Bay Packers perfect I don't think those are the best looking jerseys in all sports Um, again, we've got to run. Thanks to everybody for participating. Remember, just a quick reminder, if you get on to one of our 18 different ways to listen to Unscripted, please take a couple of minutes to subscribe. It would be a great deal to Chris and I, as that's a great way to grow the show is with more subscriptions. The subscription numbers are up. Let's keep them going in that upward trend. Thank you very much for that. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.